0: Imagine you're a young child. You've never heard of or seen pencils or anything similar to one. One day you find a pencil and write on a piece of paper a line. You do this several days in a row, and you think pencils can draw additional lines infinitely. You haven't observed otherwise, and your idea of this reality is strengthened with every day this action is repeated. The day finally comes when the pencil runs out of lead. Your belief in the idea is now in question. What do we do with this information? Should you continue believing the pencil can endlessly draw lines and conclude there must be a mistake, or should we suspend our belief until we can better justify it? This is the basic principle that we should examine when we address our beliefs. Mm Alright, hello guys. This is officially the first episode of the Refining Reason podcast. I'm Paul Hemmelstrand. So, to start off, I'm just going to say it's probably best if anyone's asking questions to just kind of hold off till the end. Um, You can ask them in advance, and I might be able to slip it in, but it's probably going to be easiest if I do it in the Q&A part. So, for the actual live broadcast, uh, I'll be addressing a topic and explaining it in detail. Um, and that part's going to be the actual audio version. But for the live broadcast, the second part's going to be the Q and A, and that's going to be whenever you can ask all your questions. We could talk about it wherever long as people want to, uh, at least for now. But yeah, so for now, I'm just gonna kind of go over my background and why I'm doing this and all that. So to start off, uh, I was involved in the target audience analysis team, and I. Uh, a psychological operations company in Afghanistan and I was deployed there in 2011 and during that time my role was essentially to be the military version of marketing Uh, instead of marketing products though, uh, we're marketing ideas Uh, it's basically, the simplest version is calling it propaganda it's basically what it is, Uh, but they call it a little bit differently for PC re- reasons. But while I was over there, you know, I was exposed to a lot of different ideas, uh, different religions, just different viewpoints in general. And I opened my eyes to a lot of different things about the world. And you know, later on, I left the military and I became a police officer for about 3 years. And during that time I had the same kind of experience where I had my kind of preconceived notions before I joined. I actually, back in the day, used to be very anti-police. I talked about it a lot, actually. Um, But because of the military part, I guess I kind of had a natural affinity to join the police force. So, you know, when I was actually involved in it, I got to learn more about the actual police side of it, um, as well as just how criminals behave, you know. Um, It's not as simple as just... You know, here's this bad person, he's just innately bad, he grew up that way, and there's no way to fix him, so let's just lock him up in a cell. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot more to it, and I got to learn quite a bit about it. But as far as, like, why I'm actually doing this, uh, there's a bunch of reasons. For one, uh, I just really enjoy learning stuff, just in general. You know, I remember when I first started playing guitar. I, I don't play it anymore, but... When I first got into it and I got really uh involved in playing uh metal and just some complicated stuff and I grew like a huge appreciation for it. Um I basically threw out all the music that I used to listen to up to that point and really started enjoying some complicated stuff and really appreciating the talents that people had. Likewise when I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu You know, there was my idea of how fighting worked. And I'd even seen, you know, how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was used just in, you know, some UFC fights and all that. But actually going into it, you kind of have your idea of what fighting's like and what you're supposed to do and then what actually works, you know. So, yeah, uh, I just really like learning. And I'm hoping that this is kind of an avenue to do that. Uh, One where I can learn and hopefully other people can learn as well. So, this podcast is going to address uh, a huge amount of subjects. It's kind of hard to narrow down to a couple of topics, I should say. But you know, in the brief time I've started drafting stuff up it's it's basically a fall in a certain you know a few categories. One's going to be kind of philosophical based, like why should we believe in certain things and why we shouldn't? Um, other ones are going to kind of go back in history and examine you know, the backgrounds to them and why people like, for example, in uh, Hitler's regime, how people came to adopt those ideologies and do all those horrific things. Because they're not, they're not just simple things, you know, they didn't just wake up one day and say it's okay to kill all the Jews. Um, And then lastly, I'll do a lot of topics where there's a lot of polarized opinion, you know, where there's a lot of polarized opinion where, We kind of lump ourselves into two categories. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot of like polarizing opinions where, you know, you're either for. I'm glad this kind of got brought up with this. I'm not glad about the shooting, but I'm glad the issue got brought up again because it kind of brings up my point, which is you kind of. There's just two categories for everything, it seems, at least in social media. It's, you know, you're either for gun control or you're for controlling mental illness. And it's like, well,. No, I mean, we could address both of them. We don't have to just stick with one solution, you know. These are, these are things that just can't be lumped into a couple solutions, you know. It's such a complex issue, and we're a unique country, you know. I use this analogy or this topic all the time with gun control where it, uh, you know, it's possible it can work, it's possible it doesn't work. Uh, but what we can't do is just compare it to other countries, you know, like Australia is a good example, where Australia is a sea-locked country. There's no borders to it. So one of the benefits of that is they have a lot easier time restricting guns coming into the country, whereas America has two borders, one of which is super unregulated. I mean, there's alwe- already a huge drug problem with people bringing drugs across the border, and... It seems to me pretty obvious that that's still going to happen with guns too. Once, if you like, outlaw certain guns or outlaw outlaw them entirely. But my point is that I think we really need to actually talk about these things instead of just saying, you know, this is the answer, or that's the answer. Um, you know, and then likewise, people will claim like you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. There's no middle ground there, or you know, just. Just several topics that people just can't seem to find like a talking point. They're non-starters, and I, I want to actually start those conversations. So, how do we actually? I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kind of brief you on this. Where this this specific podcast is going to be a pretty intense one about logic, um, specifically about reasoning, and then a little background into misinformation, and disinformation. And I'll cover those at length. So, one of the most famous philosophers, and one of his most, uh, one of his biggest quotes, I should say, is one that I think is pretty sound. Uh, I'm going to bring that up here. So, it's a wise man proportions his belief to the evidence, and that was quoted by David Hume. And essentially what it means is that you should put your beliefs in the things that have the most evidence with them if there is conflicting evidence with your beliefs, it's not to say that you should just throw it out entirely, but you should at least examine the evidence and see if it leads you to the same belief. And if you can't find any evidence to support your belief, then you should get rid of it. But again, it's not saying you should just throw out your beliefs entirely if anything even comes up. It could be that this evidence is faulty or just doesn't make sense, so... That's that quote in a nutshell. But then we have to get to the point of how we know what's logical, what's illogical, what has evidence, what doesn't have evidence. And with philosophy, there's two types of reasoning that are primarily used. There's a third one, but I'm not really going to get into it. And that's going to be deductive and inductive reasoning. So I like to use the structure of these kind of like math. Where in a deductive argument, you have to have a sound argument and a valid argument. It's actually the opposite in that order. Uh, Validity means something should lead to a true statement. So, 1 plus 1 should equal a single solution. It can't be 1 plus 1 equals 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. It has to come to one answer, right? And then soundness is related to the elements that make up that equation. So the 1 plus 1 part. Dragon plus 1 equals 2 doesn't really make much sense because it's not even involved in math, you know. It doesn't lead you to anything. So I'll give you kind of a couple examples. So for a standard deductive argument, you have two or more premises and a conclusion based on the premises. And so for this first one, You could say, coffee is the only liquid that is blue. The second premise is, the liquid of my cup is blue. And in conclusion, therefore, is, I have coffee in my cup. Now, I'm sure you can already kind of tell there's a problem with that. Now, it's not that the the analogy or the, the premises and argument actually are valid. They're valid because the two premises, coffee is the only liquid that is blue, and the liquid in my cup is blue as long as they're true, they do fit one answer, one conclusion, which is I have coffee in my cup. But this is the importance in addressing a premise because we all know that coffee isn't the only liquid that's blue, and I would say that most people think it's usually either black or brown, but obviously you can dye it if you think. Um, but then you have to address whether it's sound or not. So this next one is a a similar structure where uh, premise one is, honest people don't lie. Promise two is, I didn't lie about anything last night. And the conclusion is, therefore, I am an honest person. So those first two statements are true. As far as I know, I didn't lie about anything last night. Though I could have. And honest people in general don't lie. The conclusion is problematic, though, because those don't actually lead you to that. I could have lied the night before, could have lied the night before that, could have lied 2,000 times before that. And I would say with the summation of all those lies, I could be a dishonest person. So this is a, uh, arg- a valid argument, but not a sound one. So I'll bring you back to the first example that I addressed with the pencil. Uh, if you rephrase that into an argument, it would sound like this. My pencil draws without limit something performs an action without limit that action is infinite and the conclusion would be therefore my pencil can draw lines infinitely now up until you actually discover that the pencil breaks or you run out of lead or whatever Avenue you, you find out that's not infinite you can kind of figure out that there are reasons why these things can break down, but they're based on factual statements. So it's factual up to that point. The, the argument is valid and sound because it, as a child, you have no other evidence to compare that to. So then you come with a second one, uh, one that has more evidence. And this one's a pretty quoted one, which is uh, premise one is all men are mortal. Socrates was a man. Therefore, Socrates was mor- mortal. There's another one that's valid and sound. And I think everyone, for the most part, can agree with this, that all men are mortal and Socrates was a man. But it's not saying that it's impossible that he was immortal. or So let's say Socrates hypothetically could be immortal, and he's just hiding somewhere, or whatever. We just can't find him. Or you could say that men are mortal right now, but with science, thousand years down the road, or whatever, we become mortal. Right now, this is a valid and sound argument, because there's no evidence to say otherwise. Um, It's when that breaks down that you have to reform the argument. Uh, Oops. Sorry, guys. So yeah, that's the basic idea behind deductive reasoning. Yeah, I know this is pretty dry stuff right now, but I promise it's going to get easier to understand and not so complicated as it goes. Um, so that's deductive reasoning, but then there's also inductive reasoning. And this is one that you probably use all the time. You, you don't even think about it. Um, it's where an argument—it's an argument where instead of having two facts and a conclusion, you have a fact, an inference, and then a conclusion. So, let's say. A Republican is elected. And another guy comes up to you and says, well, most Republicans are corrupt, and that's the only reason he got elected. So in an inductive argument, what he basically said is this. A Republican is elected, which was a fact. And then most Republicans are corrupt, which is an inference. And his conclusion is, therefore, the Republican was probably elected because he's corrupt. So there's a couple problems here. First off, if you we can they, we can accept that the Republican was elected, it's pretty easy to find that out. But most Republicans are corrupt. Well, first off, you have to actually demonstrate that that's actually true. You have to come up with statistics or show some kind of evidence that that's actually the case. And then you have to also conclude, or you also have to take into account that maybe both these things are true: that the Republican was elected, and most Republicans are corrupt but that doesn't lead you to a conclusion. See, he could have been corrupt and elected, but he could have done this honestly. could have been elected because he simply swayed the people enough. Um, So, you can kinda see the problem with induction, but the thing about induction is that it's it's honestly necessary for us to think things in a logical way, just in life in general. you know when when humans are kind of trying to figure out how to survive and stuff like that they they really have a way their observations go off of they they can't really establish that many facts you know just you know if you're in the wilderness as you know a caveman or whatever, and there's leopards that are constantly chasing you, you kind of get an inductive argument from that uh that it's prob it's a probable statement which is that you're you're most likely going to be safer if you just avoid those leopards, right? So there are positive reasons to inductive reasoning. It's just they don't bring you to truth statements. Um, do, do, do. Let me bring this down. Do, 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 do. All right. So I'll get I'll get more into uh, misinformation, disinformation. This is more in line with what I did overseas and like what I learned in uh, psychological operations. And it's funny because like whenever I bring up my job title, no one actually knows what it is until I explain it. Some people think I was a psychologist. Some people think I was the guy that's in the men that stare at goats. Like all kinds of stupid stuff. But uh, yeah, so let me bring this up. All right. So these two are way easier to describe. Uh, misinformation is just anything that's not actually true but there's no intent behind it it's just simply information that can be passed around that is wrong disinformation on the other hand is um the same as misinformation but you're adding intent behind it which is that someone actually purposely um, that someone purposely caused you or purposely tried to make the information appear honest when it's not and they knew this um so like an example w- with the Taliban when I was over there there was all kinds of misinformation or disinformation that was spread Um, some of it was just from the populace or the people that were uh, just living there and we would see this because we would have people go around each city in the mosques or in public squares or whatever and they would kind of bring back like what people were talking about that day or that week and so what you'd see is you know, someone would get attacked, like a base would get attacked by, you know, maybe two Taliban members, and they both died, there was no American injuries or whatever, and that was the end of it. So then you get this telephone effect, because there's not really much education, um, there's not really much access to communication, like the internet and such, and you hear people kind of legend building, where starts off two people attacked, both got killed, and it's oh, there's four of them, and they they killed one American and two of the Taliban died. And then it's like twenty people that attacked, and none of them died, and they killed like forty Americans. And you know, eventually those things kind of die out. That's the end of the story. But you know, you can kind of see like where faulty logic leads people. You know, when you when you let it go, um, and that's more in line like why I'm so. Uh, passionate about this and why I wanted to start this because I'm just seeing so much information coming out that it's just it's bewildering to me I thought that people over time would kind of see social media for what it was or how people would talk to each other and realize some of the problems with what people are spreading around I mean it's it's insane um, I mean, there's stuff that I've seen today, I mean, really every day, that I'm just shaking my head, like, where where are we going? Um, I thought we were supposed to be getting smarter. Um, so I'm hoping this is kind of an avenue to help improve that. Um, yeah, and then likewise, when I was a police officer, uh, you know, you kind of got lumped into one group. You know, it, it, it wasn't that I was Paul the police officer, I was just the police. We were like one group of people. And I use this analogy sometimes. I know it's not the same, but it's like people would come up all the time, like, oh, yeah, you know, not all cops are bad. And I'm like, okay, well, just just imagine flipping that around and putting like race on instead and saying, oh, well, now black people are bad. Well, that's kind of assuming that most black people are bad. And so you can kind of see like where that leads you in, in, in that type of logic. But that type of thing was acceptable when being talked about with police officers. And um, you know, same thing with like uh, you know issues with people. If someone didn't get helped right, or we couldn't help them or, or whatever, you know, it became, you know, along the lines of that if if they were white, then I would help them out more or, or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of a combination of those two things that um, are more on my experience that I saw. Um, but, yeah, I mean, w- w- with social media and everything that's going on, like I said, we're kind of led to just two sides of an issue. Um, you're Republican or Democrat. You're pro-gun. You're anti-gun. You're non-LGBTQ. You're pro-LGBTQ. Um, and not... Just because you disagree with parts of an argument doesn't mean that you are automatically um, lumped into some category. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know the other part is that there's a increase of the use of emotional appeal and red herrings, where people, even if you throw out the inductive reasoning or, or whatever arguments you use, there's a huge amount of emotional appeal, primarily where. They're not even using any like facts or, or inferences. It's just, you know, look at, again, with the shootings. And again, I'm saying, like, these are horrible things, and I wish they didn't happen. But saying, like, oh, we need to get rid of guns because look at all the dead children. Look at the dead children. Look at the dead children. That doesn't get you anywhere. That doesn't say anything about how we can improve something. You know, you have to actually show, you know, what what about taking away guns, or even parts of guns, because this is a, a big part of it, is you're kind of assumed that if you take away one type of gun, then all of the guns are just naturally going to go with it. Um, but yeah, and then on the reverse side, it's, it, you can make the same exact argument, and that's the problem with emotional appeal, is that you can use it for any argument. So I could say the same exact thing if I wanted to keep the guns, like, oh, well, they're all going to die, or look at the dead children, look at the dead children, Uh, if we just had more guns and they'd all, you know, be saved. And that, again, doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, So I'm going to try to keep this a little bit shorter because this is really just kind of an introductory episode. Um, I'm going to be kind of branching out in a lot of different things. so. You know, I'm thinking probably my next one's going to be specifically just Facebook posts and showing like the logical fallacies. Um, I'll specifically kind of tie into uh, a lot of examples of relative uh, privation where th- that to me is the most used one other than emotional appeal. And then just misinformation where, you know, you see something. Uh, I'm going to present one where it's a video of two different, it's the same video, But one is edited down, the other one is the actual one, and I'm gonna show the difference between the two and and um, how easy it is to spread this stuff. I mean, it's very easy. That this video editing thing that I did took only uh, three and a half hours for me downloading both source videos. To downloading the video editing software which I didn't have learning the actual interface for the video editing software editing it down to the actual clip that this other one had because there was the full clip and then there was the edited uh, doctored one matching up frame for frame and then putting tiles on both of them and making it all fit together and I did this all in three and a half hours if you actually had all this stuff together you could have made this in like five minutes if you wanted to but I'll get way more into that whenever I do that episode, and then you know I'll do one again about how uh, you know the country of Germany adapted um, Nazism, um, and I'm sure eventually I'll I'll touch religion, but that's one that I'm gonna hold off on for a long time because that one's gonna be a big one, and I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of hate for some of the things I say, but. um Yeah, so I'll just kind of leave you with this final note before I get into the Q&A. It's easier to accept a good-sounding idea than it is to reject it. Applying skepticism requires you to use logic and to sift out truth from that which you would like to believe. And by rejecting this, you're engaging in pragmatism. Sometimes this can be a difficult endeavor, but the reward is having an honest justification for your beliefs. It also allows you to be more convincing in an argument. But even if the person you're engaging with is rejecting rational counterarguments, anyone exposed to the argument is more likely to become convinced by witnessing the faulty rationalization of the other person. Um, so yeah, that, that's gonna basically wrap it up for this part. Um, I'm hoping that down the line I'll be able to bring in uh, experts, um, people have a great deal of knowledge in each subject that I'm talking about, um but for now it's gonna be me. You know, I, I don't wanna just bring in any friend that I have because I, I want these to actually lead to um good discussions. Um so yeah, um that's gonna be it for this episode. Um feel free to ask your questions and I'll try to address them all. Uh let's see. All right, so I see you lettuce. Um Yeah yeah it's not Sean today <laughs> um yeah exactly. telephone game is a really good example of misinformation because the problem is the the original original message could be a hundred percent true. I mean this guy at witnessed it or he heard it from somebody that was reliable, and then just from the natural filter of people just passing along information they Humans are just naturally fallible when it comes to memory and wanting people to believe things that they want. Um, we're very tribal and we just want people to accept whatever we believe. Um, it's just so much harder for some reason for us to take other sides. And that, that's a big part of my background is, you know, I used to be so big. Like I was, like I was huge in being conservative and, you know, pro gun. Um, and just all these things, and you—you you couldn't convince me otherwise because I just refused to believe anything. And it was—it wasn't until I looked more into skepticism and a lot of different shows that I was just like, "Wow, there is a whole different universe outside of mine that I'm just refusing to to adjust or I mean uh, address." Um, hold on, let me bring this back up. And I see you, uh, Canadian wall. Just give me a second. Um, all right. A lot of people do group police together. If they get mistreated by one officer, to them, all officers are bad. Yeah, and you know what? I fell right in that too. I was like, uh, up till high school, and you know the thing that changed my mind about that, um, aside from the military part, I dated someone. Right? It was the worst date ever. And I'll tell you why. Um, so she was a coworker of mine, and we. Agreed to go out to a theater and see a movie. And on our way there, she was telling me, like, how one of her parents is a retired police officer and the other one's like a chief of police or something like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I didn't even really like, give it two thoughts. Get done with the movie, driving back, and uh, the police officer is right behind me. And I'm thinking, oh shit, like, I'm going to get pulled over. Um, and so it passes right by me, and I just start motherfucking. I'm just like, oh, fuck the police, fuck this, fuck that. They're just a bunch of thieves. All they're trying to do is take all our money. And so naturally, this girl just gets real quiet, right? And we get back to her house. It's like I blacked out that whole thing. I was like, yeah, I had a really good time. We should do this again. (laughs) And uh, the next day, like, she literally told people that if uh, they saw me to say Apple so she could hide from me. It was that bad. It was the worst date (laughs) I've ever been on. Um to do. All right. media, media loves appealing to emotion. Yeah, and I, I think in general people like appealing to emotion. It's just a much easier thing to convince people of because as long as you can kind of tug on my heartstrings, I'm going to be way more receptive to your ideas. Um you know, if you can just relate to it on like, you know, a fatherly level where it's like, "Oh, you have a child, right? Oh, well, you don't, you wouldn't want them to die, right?" You know, and then it just kind of that kind of poisons the well. Um it's kind of putting this idea in your head and making you ignore the actual um, argument in a logical way. Um, Let's see, More intelligent people really don't fall for it. You know, I don't think it's necessarily intelligence. I think there's, I think there's levels of intelligence to everything. So, like, you know, there's people that are, like, scientists... And they can, they're really smart people. I mean, they're just generally intelligent. But they can believe some pretty stupid things sometimes. And it, I don't think it's necessarily that they're, they're dumb. It's just they, they're just parts of their mind that they haven't developed. Or, or they just haven't, they haven't been exposed to enough to realize that this is something that's faulty. Um, let's see. Uh do it to confirm their bias yeah that's part of it people definitely confirm their biases a lot and that's why i kind of mean where we're we are naturally bad at rejecting ideas um i don't think it's stupid if you if you reject something it's just something that it's like uh you know it's like a something you have to practice basically you know this isn't something that comes easy because we're we're all as humans naturally um willing to take things as long as we think somebody is trustworthy you know you know even with people who are experts in the field you know this is something again that i had to kind of learn it's like once i started getting the skepticism i was like oh yeah this guy sounds super smart I, I just agree with everything he says and then i actually like took a step back and i was like you know what i don't want to fall in this pit again i'm going to actually look at everything he's talking about and evaluate them one by one so for instance there's the idea of uh, secular humanism and while I agree with the general idea behind it, I'm just not sold on it quite yet. I, I need to research it more and actually see if there's any defeaters to the argument. Um, because while it sounds great on paper, I just don't think you can t- quite well it as a better idea yet. Um, that's why I put uh, it. used to be stupid, stupidly liberal, now I'm neutral because I too served in the army and got to see everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't identify as either anymore. I, I, this is something I wish we could get rid of. I, I don't want to hear Republican, Democrat, liberal, or conservative anymore. I just want to hear, "This is what I believe." This is what me and Colin talked about the other day: concepts versus definitions. So, definitions change all the time. You know, what used to be Republican uh, back in the day is way different than what it is now. And the problem is people just lump themselves in these two these two tribes you know it's you have to be this or you have to be that and if you're not one of those then you're never going to win somebody into the white house or congress and i argue that that's why we have such a shitty system right now where you have people i mean i i'm sure everyone here agrees that people are pandering to us all the time and it's it's almost comically bad and i think that's part of the reason why trump got elected and i'm not gonna rag on trump i'm just saying that there were definitely better options out there if you, if you excluded Sanders and Trump out of the equation I mean, um, not Sanders Clinton and Trump I think there was definitely some other better choice to be had if you just looked a little bit so farther outside of it but I'm not going to get big into politics right now um, I used to be left but now I'm a bit right of center Yeah, um, yeah I, I literally don't even identify as any of it uh, because I borrow from both sides quite extensively um you know, i I'm not sold yet on gun control or anti-gun control. I, I just don't know the answer yet, and that's why I, I don't address it anymore. I don't pretend to have the answer for that anymore. You know, everyone I knew that was a cop was huge into um, you know, pro-gun stuff. That's just part of the culture with being a cop or being in the military for that matter. It's like when you're in those little factions, you know it's nothing against them, it's just you. You've, you you want to have those answers, and when everyone around you is saying, yeah, this is the answer, then you want to be like, yeah, well, I agree, because you're one of my friends, you know? And I just don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, that's one example of something I, I I just don't, I can't say that I have the answer for yet. Um, any good primers, books on reason or skepticism that you prefer, finally managed to connect? Um... So as far as misinformation and disinformation, uh that's mainly just uh based on my experiences so far. I, I want to look in more of that, but that specifically misinformation and disinformation is not really something that's like scholarly, you know. Uh you know, I learned about it a lot as I learned the job that I was doing and I got exposed to examples of it. Um but as far as I can tell, I haven't seen anything yet. Um that's that's a good read. Um yeah, as far as skepticism, um, there's a lot of just good. There's people that have written some good books. Um, David Hume's a great one to just look at for uh, um, just the basics of philosophy. And really, if you want to get bigger philosophy, you kind of have to go back to everything to kind of see how it evolved. You know, Aristotle, Plato. Um, uh, now I'm drawing blanks on the, <laughs> everyone else. Uh, yeah, Hume. Um uh they're all like Latin people for the most parts. An Anticus, Antiquis, I always forget his name. Um, but yeah, like you can just kind of look back and see like why these earlier philosophers seemed to have the idea down. It, it made sense to them at the time. Just like I w- I pointed out with the Socrates as a man um and him being more or all men being mortal. It's like this makes sense to us right now, but it could totally like break down if we came up with more evidence. Um, and so kind of same thing with the, the build up of philosophy where you have people that really wanted to prove these things and it made sense on paper but then future people would come up with better versions of those they wouldn't necessarily throw out everything they'd just refine it or get rid of it if it was bad enough um, let's see clarify my statement i keep up with current events i just use multiple sources to try to get a better picture i'm lying on one specific media source yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to go about it um you know one of them I, I i really need to do this now because it was something that was recommended to me in high school yeah i just didn't pay attention to it at the time and now like thinking back to it it is something i should do which is looking at um news from other countries because what he was saying that because he spent a lot of time in mexico just going back and forth between the two. He says what you would see on the news here versus what you'd see over there are like two polar opposites. And I'm sure uh, my brother can comment on that because um, he was in Germany and now he's in China. Uh, Sanders would have been great. That's just my opinion. Well, on the gun control thing, there's not really any way to strip the public of all weapons, just won't happen, but there should be something done to eliminate threats. Most licensings for guns either go through ATF or FBI or both or enough people in those departments do thorough checks. Um, yeah, so the the one thing that I have to say about that is I, I think gun control in America specifically is going to be extremely difficult to implement regardless of how you do it. Even if you're trying to remove uh, assault rifles or you're trying to eliminate um, attachments for um, uh, anything you can imagine, this country just has a huge history with it. And we rightfully so have uh, skepticism with the government because that's why the Second Amendment was put into place. It wasn't to say so we could just have guns and we could just shoot whoever we wanted to. It was, it was a, a, an actual rational fear at the time that um, the government could step in and take uh, you know, people's property or you know, just do all kinds of things because they didn't have weapons. I mean, uh, Great Britain was kind of an example of that. Uh, BBC is actually a really good source. Not BBC-A, but BBC. Um, I definitely agree. It was very eye-opening to see how different cultures report on the world. Cross-cultural psychology is also an interesting thing to examine on how people sometimes reason or think of things. Germany, China, and USA vary greatly in these regards for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of take into account the history of all of them. You know, They, they went through such different paths. Um, Afghanistan, for example has just a long, long history of being invaded over and over again for long periods of time. Um, and then when you look into like, how the uh, American involvement uh, panned out, it is really very close to how it happened in Vietnam, which is that guerrilla warfare, if you implement it correctly, is always going to be a country that implements some type of rules of engagement. Um, this happened in the American Civil War, happened in Vietnam, in the American Civil War, or, I mean the American Revolution. Um, there was a lot of guerrilla warfare that worked to our advantage, and then in Vietnam, that obviously worked the opposite. And uh, I think that's kind of the case with um, Afghanistan. And with Afghanistan and Vietnam, you had the same problem, with, which is that it boiled down from having a clear objective to having... A mission against ideology, and that never works. It just doesn't. And yet, you still have generals who've researched these things and have tried to come up with solutions, and they keep repeating history. You know, they go back to Vietnam era tactics, where well, we just have to change their hearts and minds. Which is actually why um, the logo for this uh, the logo for this podcast is what it is, which is um, in psychological operations there's this concept of you know you gotta win over their hearts and minds Um, but yeah as far as like trying you know that works as as far as like a psyop angle but as far as like trying to win a war it doesn't really get you anywhere because changing an ideology takes a lot of time i mean imagine trying to change, you know, the whole country Christian, or changing the whole country into atheists, or turning them all into Muslims. That, that would never happen in just a couple of years. It just won't. It, it's such a difficult thing to to do, and yet that's what you would found in Vietnam and Afghanistan. Um, look at Indonesia, too. Controlled by China at one point, and then the Dutch and the Japanese, and finally got free after World War II. They They're so culturally influenced. Ridiculous. It includes some of the OG tribes that still exist yeah um yeah so yeah, the whole point there is just that um you really have to kind of factor into their history primarily and just how that works into their culture um you know japan they're they're really different in some ways too i mean there's there's a million examples of different countries having different cultures and concepts, but yeah, um. Well, that's why the crusades took hundreds of years yeah and I'm kind of glad you brought that up I'll probably make a, a different episode for that specifically but um you know one of the things that I've been pondering a lot lately is just how um you know there, there's this thing with the Muslim culture where you know if you go against anything with the problems with Islam uh you kind of run into the whole Islamophobia, or you know, Islam's is a religion of peace, et cetera, et cetera. And while those are great things. We don't want people to be lumped into a category, and we don't want them to. We want people to have a you know an equal right to religion and and uh, right to speech, et cetera. But you also have to kind of acknowledge the things for what they are. And you know what you had with the Crusades is is kind of what I feel like could happen if. If uh, government authorized uh, Islam takes hold in more countries, I mean, you could argue that's already happening where you have people literally kidnapping people and torturing them and then just executing them simply because they're not Muslim. And, you know, while obviously there's great Muslims out there and, you know, just all, all the normal stuff that people say in these conversations. It's just that we, we have a different outlook on it for the most part because we live in a country where it hasn't taken hold yet at all. It's very, the, the, the type of Muslims that are in this country for the most part are very, very liberal. Um, but as soon as you go to anywhere where it's, there's a lack of education or um, lack of resources, things like that, um, you have a very different type of religion there. Um trying to convert thousands upon thousands of people. Yep. Yep, that's that's the very problem. Um do do. Oh man, it hasn't even been an hour yet. <laughs> Felt like it's been an eternity. Uh yeah, what else do you guys got? If you guys don't have anything else, I can definitely end it. I wasn't planning to like make this a you know 20 hour thing. <laughs> um, any ideas on what, what type of subjects you'd like to hear about, or what kind of problems you have with what I'm saying or anything like that? I'm open to. Speaking of another episode you should do, and I'll post in discourse the way the Constitution, Declaration of Independence were written, where all people are created equal but not actually written was as long as you were a wealthy white man. Yeah, I might do that. Um, yeah. I've got, I definitely got some ideas right now of what I'm going to do in the next couple episodes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open to seeing. Uh, try to put that in the Discord, um, and I'll try to look into that more. Because uh, like I said, one of, the things, one of the objectives of this for me is not just to relay information to other people, but for me to learn more. Um, I, wanna be a, I want to be smarter. I want to be a better skeptic. I want to know more about the world. All those things. I just like learning. Um, but yeah, post that in Discord somewhere. Um, I think an hour, short and sweet, is actually nice. I don't like super long episodes unless there's something I'm super honed into. Yeah, I I, I kind of in agreement there. It, it really depends what it is. Um, that's why I didn't want this to be a super huge episode because this is kind of a complicated thing to break down, specifically deductive and inductive reasoning. Um, that kind of took me a while to wrap my head around. And then you have to include, like, abductive reasoning. But I didn't, specifically, I didn't include abductive reasoning because, to me, that's that's even farther down the line than inductive. It's kind of like, oh, well, this is the most likely thing based on a couple of things. And, uh, I don't know. You can look into that if you want. <laughs> I just didn't include it in this episode. But uh, there are certain episodes that will definitely be longer. Um, like I said, with, like, if I... If I touch the whole religion thing, that's gonna be a very long episode. Um, do, do, do. podcast should really be more than two hours somewhere on the subject. Shouldn't really be Yeah. Um there's a couple of podcasts I stopped listening to because of that. Um and it's like, damn, like I, I like this subject, but it's just like this is going on forever and I'm just not interested at all. Um, I think if they're super I think there, if there's subjects that you can go into detail and keep it interesting, that's one thing. But if it's just something you're just kind of rambling on about and just want to keep talking, just to talk, it kind of breaks down after that. But um, that's just my two cents. Uh, I mean, So basically what's going to happen every episode, at least as of now, I'm going to broadcast it live on Twitch because I think that's the most interactive way to do it. And then I'm going to upload that video to YouTube. And then I'm going to edit it down uh, to a podcast. So, like, for example, I brought that. Um, I'm sure, Sean, you already heard the beginning of the episode. But, like, that's going to be a very, like, I don't know. It's going to sound a lot better, you know, if I just put that specific analogy at the beginning and, like, actually have, like, a couple of rehearsals of it. So it sounds like a nice like hook into the episode, and then do the music, and then do the rest of the podcast instead of just like here's the music. I'm gonna give you the intro to it, and then just kind of roll into the the podcast. <clears throat> I just think that's. I I honestly think Twitch. Uh, it's obviously designed for gaming, but I think people are kind of kind of missing the ball with this one i really do I, I think this is the ideal way to do a podcast um and i was kind of looking this is one of the reasons why I, I was kind of excited to do it was that um there's really not a whole lot of this out there um just in general uh IRL channels there's not a whole lot um and to me this is the best way you could do a podcast where you have the just basic uh podcast and then you Actually interact with your audience. Not just kind of end it, and then everyone's like, "Oh, well, I didn't agree with anything he just said." You know, you're just so unapproachable at that point. Um, so hopefully, like with time, it'll become a better thing. Uh, honestly, this way is so this way. It is the best in my opinion. Okay, i'd like the Q and A portion though. If you answer questions as you go, it might it might be something that you'll answer as you go anyway or might get you sidetracked yeah that's that was why i was worried about last being getting sidetracked like because for one it i'm sure you already saw even in this episode like me kind of just looking on the phone just out of curiosity what people are saying and i i missed like my train of thought um and yeah and then you know when you edit down for a podcast or the audio only um yeah yeah, you're running that too where you kind of have to like figure out if you could cut certain parts out or not so it feels like an organic uh episode instead of you someone just hearing like you know someone just skip for a second and talk about something that seems off topic because you're actually talking to somebody in the channel but they don't fucking know that on the audio version <laughs> um maybe, uh, maybe too distracting to beat me <laughs> Yeah, I was in the middle of the time, yeah. Actually, there are a lot of IRL streamers. My buddy just got partnered, actually. He does a podcast once a week on his channel. Okay. I guess, me specifically, I mean IRL, like, uh, podcasts or, like, show shows. Um, there's, like, gaming shows and there's IRL channels where there's basically people just kind of like, oh, here I am, I'm a, you know, a hot girl or, you know, I'm just going to be doing random stuff. Like, there's no, it, at least from what I saw. Maybe I'm totally off base. But it seemed like there was way less of uh, you know this kind of content or like a show show if you know what I mean. I had to be totally wrong. I, it just seemed from what I was looking into, it didn't look like much. Um, but you know, there's friends of mine that are doing podcasts that um, aren't using this format, and I, I think they should probably consider it, depending what they're doing, because um, I think it could probably build their audience a little more. Um, but yeah uh, I think that will be it then um, unless anybody else has something else I just said else twice um, yeah if anyone else has something that they'd like to be answered <laughs> then feel free otherwise I'll, I'll end it here overall though I think this went well I mean I was nervous as hell before I started just cause you know, I don't, like, trying to try and sound like some condescending asshole trying to, like, you know, I'm Lord Paul and everything I say is correct. Like, that's definitely not what I'm trying to have come across. I'm consider doing my own thing, something I had been considering for a while, but you have now moving me to pursue it. Oh, well, that's good then. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll do it, guys. Um, thanks for coming in. And, uh, yeah, if you like it, definitely come in again, obviously. I don't want to be just talking myself. Uh, you know, if it's just one or two people, you know, I'm, I'm not banking the idea that this will be a successful channel. Um, but it's at least entertaining when there's some kind of audience there. So I appreciate you guys coming in. But yeah, that's gonna end it. All right. So just a quick note after I record this, the show is gonna be broadcasted live every Friday at 7:30 Central Time. So, if you want to watch the channel live and participate in the Q and A, that's the time to do it. The channel for that is going to be www.twitch.tv/refining_reason. Uh, in addition, the up or the stream will be uploaded to YouTube, and that will be refined down to a podcast. and the The YouTube version will be available usually that same day, and the podcast should be done um, within the week. So, yeah, if you'd like to watch the show, there will be plenty of opportunities to do so. So I'll just end by saying thanks to everyone for listening and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Mm